to the Golf in Mind, the podcast which looks at the game of golf in general. And where possible, we try to specialise on the mental game, but we don't go into huge depth and we also don't bamboozle you with too much science. So we try and keep it simple. And uh, there's a fantastic back catalogue of over 100 um, short podcasts looking specifically just about every aspect of the mental game. So I'm sure you'll find something that will uh, tickle your fancy and I hope improve your golf. You may notice this week I'm alone. I don't have my usual co-hosts, the erudite Neil Faulkner and the East Lancashire under 14 long drive champion Mike Kershaw because I think they're playing golf to be exact. So I thought I'd take this opportunity to uh, share some uh, thoughts and reflections about uh, some steps you can do to help you uh, potentially not only play better golf, but potentially the greatest round of golf in your life. So how does that sound? So without any further ado, let's get started. This week, I thought I'd look at a topic which I often find myself in discussion with with other people and uh, that comes down to the best round they ever played and why they played it and it's so often the case that it's after a long layoff or frequently when they're playing by themselves so one may question the uh, the um, uh, what do I want to say here we <laughs> the honesty of the person in question but why would you lie about playing great golf in your own? I mean, if you're doing that, you might as well um, lie about lots of other things. But uh, And the truth is, if you lie about your game, your golf, uh, you'll be found out soon enough. So the question I get asked is, why is it that um, someone might shoot four or five shots below their handicap? Uh, and I've had it happen to me. I've been three under par through six holes uh, when I wasn't even paying attention what's going on. So let's look at that this week. So um, for all you out there who are keen to learn more about uh, the mental game of golf, I do have an online golf academy where we have um, the Silent Mind Golf online program, which is a 13-week program to help the average golfer um, not only understand, but to train their mind to work for them and not against them, especially when you're in a stressful or position feeling pressure on the course. A lot of people don't think it's possible to train your mind. They kind of take the view that, well, you've either got mental strength or you haven't, and there's not a lot you can do. And I mean, as they say, I couldn't disagree with you more. If you've taught yourself a foreign language, if you've uh, learned uh, to speak on a stage, if you've learned to uh, fly an airplane, it's uh, not your muscles that are doing that. It's your brain. It's your it's your mind that is uh, enabling you to learn this process to do and perform at a higher level. So let's look at golf. Now, there are, as far as I can see, uh, three things that tend to be very common to people who play their best round. And there's another two I can add to that. So let's start with number one. Uh, when people go out and play this blindingly good round of golf, like uh, Ricky Fowler's 800 par on the first round of the US Open, I think, from my experience, and I talk to the people, and I say, did you expect to play that well? 
The answer is, without exception, no. The answer is always, I hope to play well, and I was waiting to see what would happen. So what they're saying is there was low expectation, or they didn't put themselves under undue pressure. A very common story I hear is after winter, when people tell me, well, I haven't played for ooh, five months, and it was uh, April, and uh, the sun was shining, and I thought, I'll go and play six holes. Uh, indeed, a friend of mine uh, was in that situation, and he was uh, four under par for six holes, but he had to go back to work. And as soon as he finished work, he rushed back to the golf course, and in the twilight hours, he played the next 12 holes in eight over par. And he said to me, I just can't figure what happened. And I can tell him exactly what happened. After a layoff of a number of months, you have very low expectations. So you kind of think, well, I'll just go out there and I'll hit it and I'll relax and see where it goes. As soon as the fellow was four under par through six holes, he's thinking, this is the greatest day of my life. He goes back to work. He's champing at the bit to get back to the golf course. When he gets back to the golf course, what are his expectations? Well, his expectations are, I can keep this going. I've got to play well. This is going to be the greatest round of my life. And he went from what I call unconscious excellence to conscious incompetence. So that's rule number one. It's having a low expectation. And let me qualify this. I'm not suggesting you now or at any time in the future go to a golf course with low expectations. I think you should always go with positive expectations that you're going to have a good time and you're going to enjoy yourself and you're going to play well. That's that's fine. But you're not going to the golf course thinking, I'm going to break the course record every time. Of course not. But looking at people who have these phenomenally uh, brilliant rounds of golf, uh, number one, it was low expectations. Number two, um, they didn't try too hard and what do i mean by that is they didn't overthink they kind of said well i went out to hit a few holes you know the first couple of shots weren't great and i didn't you know overthink any shot now when people talk to me about thinking i'm i tend to say that you do your thinking in the 10 seconds before you actually arrive at your ball you look at where the ball is and when you get to the ball, you think a bit more. And then you need to stop thinking because, you know, thinking gets in the way. We try to enact what we're thinking about. So imagine you have like five or six swing thoughts at the same time and you're under pressure and the ball's in a bad light and it's a tense situation. Uh, you're going to get in your own way. And you've heard me use that expression before. You get in your own way. So, and the second thing people do is they, they, they don't get on their own way. You know, they just don't overthink. And it literally is see ball, hit ball, find ball, hit ball. It was It, it is extraordinary what they say. And I remember the time I was three under through six holes and it was uh, in Australia. And I was, uh, I turned up on my own. I had just got over a bad case of flu where I'd been sort of waylaid in bed for a few days. And I thought, I'll get outside. I had to rent some clubs. I got to the tee box and there was an American fella and uh, the two of us played together. And I almost apologized to him before we started because I knew I hadn't, wasn't feeling well. I had strange clubs and I wasn't feeling strong. And uh, again, I didn't overthink. I teed it up and I hit it and I found it and I hit it again. I'm not saying I'm playing fast golf. What I'm saying is I didn't 
spend time overanalyzing what I needed to do. And when that happens, and this is a personal view, you are totally and utterly trusting yourself to make the swing required to play the shot that's awaiting you. So that was the, the second thing is, you know, not overthinking. And, I, and I've said this so many times to my clients and to the listeners on the podcast and in my books, you know, golf is not a thinking game as such. There is obviously strategy and there is course management. But when it comes to you swinging the club, the more you can be robotic and automatic, uh, the better. The more you trust your body to deliver the swing, the better. And the third thing that seems to happen uh, is a incredible, almost otherworldly sense of certainty, a sense of confidence. So the first two things have come together. You know, they have low expectations, they're not overthinking, and they start playing this fantastic, phenomenal golf. And at that point, their confidence is sky high to such an extent. And I remember this particularly when I was playing with this um, golf course in Australia. I got to the, the fifth hole and I'd hit this drive and there was a probably three iron to the green. It was about 200 yards away. Now, I'm, I've never been a great player of the, the low irons. But on this day, I remember taking this three iron out as though I was going to hit a soft nine from a fluffy lie. And I remember looking at the green in the distance and thinking, I need to be right of the flag and hitting the ball. And it just went like a rifle shot, beautiful high trajectory. And it landed and ran up the green on the right-hand side of the flag. Now, had I wanted to hit it to the left-hand side of the flag, I believe I would have done so. So it is that belief that comes from just certainty. It's almost you have this prescience about the future. You just know it's going to be exactly as imagined. And you've heard professional golfers saying the ball was on a string. And there is this, you know, it's, I've heard people talk about it in mystical terms, you know, otherworldly, as though they had gone into another dimension when the ball gave in to their will. But that, I have found, was the level of confidence was absolute. And it stays with you until doubt or self-doubt enters. Now, in my case, that was the seventh tee. I got to the seventh tee and I thought to myself, oh my gosh, I'm three under par. I've never broken par in my life. I've never even broken par for nine holes. Oh my gosh, this could be my chance. And I stepped up with a driver and I remember I must have taken five, six practice swings and promptly blocked it miles right into the deepest rough you ever saw. And it was, we didn't need to even imagine it. It was findable. We knew it wasn't. And at that point, I took a three wood out and I coaxed it down the fairway and my confidence was gone. But I managed to uh, par the next few holes and I finished one under par for nine holes but the confidence was gone. Now, why is that critically important? It's critically important because confidence isn't a switch we can turn on or turn off. We can fake it. Of course, we can fake it. We stand in the team and tell everyone we're fine. We're looking forward to it. But if we don't fully believe that we can do it, then self-doubt creeps in. And we've seen this with some professional golfers. I'm not going to mention names, not because... 
I'm uh, trying to protect anyone, but because, you know, I think uh, I know some pros listen to the podcast and, you know, I don't want to sort of cast aspersions, but there are some players who are just tee to green phenomenal, but they can't sink a putt. Now, putting, if of all the things in golf, is such a thing about confidence. You look at Cam Smith, whose putting is just fantastic, and you look at other players who uh, suddenly from under 12 feet, you don't think they're going to make it. And uh, it's just not there. And is that technique? Well, of course, one may argue that's the case, but I would suspect it's uh, between the years. So I said there were two other things that tend to be happening. And the two other things are quite simple things. One is the person playing is in a good mood. They, they're they happy, you know, um, or they're at peace. There's no stress. There's stress. It's as close as you get to stress-free golf. I remember a story I heard Sam Torrance tell when he was playing in a singles match uh, in the Ryder Cup that he just said his confidence was absolutely sky high. He was smiling. And I think he said to his fiancée, his then fiancée, uh, when she saw him, how are you feeling? He's held his hand out and he said, look at that rock steady and then he hit this shot to the green to within feet so quite a remarkable thing so that thing about being happy and the final thing is they are enjoying the moment you know they're actually having this spectacular round of golf and they're enjoying it and until you start trying to protect it then you have no problems once you start trying to protect it and then that's when the problems begin so that was what I thought would be worth reflecting on today. Now, what is interesting, I think the layoff is interesting because when we have low expectations, we relax. I think the second thing is when we just get up and hit the ball without too much thought, uh, we are probably going to give ourselves a better chance of making what I call a, a right swing or, uh, at it and uh, being confident. So those three things... Um, much as we sadly can't turn them on and put them together. But when they come together, that's when the magic happens. And they talk about it in the world of sports psychology as optimal flow. You know, that when everything just coalesces and we see this genius of many different sports, when people produce shots in the tennis court, that you just go, where did that come from? And I do think um, if we knew the answer to that, we'd bottle it and all become very wealthy individuals. So that's my thought for uh, for this week's uh, podcast. Um, and I really hope that if you're serious about getting as good as you'd like to get, that you uh, do the 13-week online Silent Mind Golf program as a link in the podcast. But that's it for this week. And until we meet again online or in person, play good golf wherever you are in the world. All the best. <laughs>